0: Hello and welcome to the ODI podcast, where we share inspiring stories of data use and impacts around the world. I'm Anna Scott, and today's edition is all about data standards. I've been speaking to experts from around the world who've shared invaluable advice about scoping, developing and adopting standards. But let's start with the benefit.
1: One unexpected outcome, which I should have seen coming, but but didn't, was just A wider data quality conversation, so organisations that are sharing their data with us, as part of that are often looking at data quality. Actually why are they collecting this information that they've been collecting maybe for 10 years or longer? What else should they be collecting? What should they be doing differently? How else could they open that up? So we have found, as part of the the publishing process to the 360 giving standard, some organisations have done a wider review of their information management systems. What information they release on their website, what information they give to their staff team and their board, what they release publicly. That was Rachel Rank, CEO of
0: 360 Giving, who've created around. standards to help funders openly publish information about what they fund so it can be shared and compared. Many organisations know that they should be adopting standards, but what's an open standard? Here's ODI Associate Adafe Honorim with our
1: definition. Open standards for data are reusable agreements that make it easier for people and organisations to publish, access, share, and use better quality data.
0: Standards come in many forms. Here's Tim McGar from the British Standards Institution.
2: For me, it's IS a, a document that defines best practice in a particular areas. So that could be everything from, you know, how do you discover data around um, the Internet of Things developing a framework for organisations in terms of data protection, it can be how do you test a crash helmet, it can be um, what's the ethics around robotics and sort of everything in between.
0: The idea behind standards is that they help us to reproduce, reuse and compare information from different sources. But people might not immediately see the benefits of standards. Denise McKenzie is from the Open Geospatial Consortium which has been developing standards for 20 years. It's been a funny thing working in this role,
3: actually, for five years. The amount of times I get people who are, see themselves as being innovators and go, oh, standards, I don't need to worry about standards, they'll hold me back, you know, I can't do that. And I kind of go, well, yes, but whatever you're building, are you planning on having that connect with other systems that already exist? Are you planning on wanting to share that with other people? In which case, if you don't consider standards when you start you're probably going to have a real problem at some point when you want to get your your product out or you want to get your new piece of data shared with other people. So you really need to go and have a look at how's the existing technology ecosystem working? How's the existing standards? Is there therefore a standard that does work for for what I need to do?
0: Open standards help make using data more consistent and repeatable. Sarah Rono is from Open Knowledge International. She joined us on the line from Estonia to talk about some of the problems open standards can help solve.
4: The problem currently is that getting insight from data is not always a straightforward process. So data is often hard to find, it is archived in difficult-to-use formats, it's often poorly structured and sometimes incomplete. So these issues create what we call friction, because they make it difficult to use and publish and share data. So if you want to create
0: an open standard, where do you start?
1: Well normally I mean you need to understand why the publishers want to publish their data first and if their motives are honest in in the sense that they do want to publish the data because they want this data to be used.
0: That's Juan Pane, Technical Coordinator at the Latin American Open Data Initiative.
1: Then you can successfully start trying to engage with the community and bringing together all the possible users or actors or people affected probably by by the publication or or by the data inside the publication and then ask them what they want to do with this data or how this could improve their way of working.
0: Along with thinking about organisations that share data, it's also important to keep the scope focused while thinking about the long term. Here's Mike Thacker from Porism, a software company in the UK that works on data standards.
2: Start simple, but design with a view to complexity so you don't have to revamp things later on. And when the standard starts to be adopted, promote quick wins to get take-up. Don't lose sight of objectives by letting people drag you off course for secondary requirements for a standard, but at the same time, look out for innovative ways in which your standardized data might be used.
4: When you are building a standard, you have to make sure that it's as simple and easy to use because you're basically standardizing work across many domains, right? So. You need to balance between simplicity and ease of usage so that all concepts can be understood by the different people that want to use it.
0: And that was Sarah Rono again. So how do you maintain focus solving a problem collaboratively? Canadian company Open North work on standards in the civic tech space and have noticed themes in how standards are developed. Here's their executive director, jean noel Landré.
2: Well, sometimes you see standards that become a little bit unwieldy because they try to do everything for everyone. So I think really kind of maintaining that focus is critical. And then involving domain experts who have knowledge or, of content, as well as IT professionals who will implement the standards. Making that, that connection I think is also important from a, a sustainability and maintenance perspective.
0: Once you've scoped your standard, how do you make sure it's maintained and developed? Tim Davies has been researching open data and its impacts for 10 years. Three years ago, he co founded the Open Data Services Cooperative, aimed at providing sustainable support for open standards. So, what goes into supporting the data publishers to maintain a standard?
5: There's a a steering group, working groups, face-to-face meetings, workshops, a lot of printing things out on little bits of paper, getting around a table and exploring them with people so that this is made tactile, tangible and, and engaging. And so the challenge of standard development is putting all of that together, saying we need to make sure the voices of data owners, data users and technologists who can see how those things fit together are all in the mix and that we've got good governance and good processes around that.
0: Making sure your work is open means members of the community can test it and share their feedback. Here's Denise McKenzie again.
3: We're seeing adoption happen much more with how we're opening um, the methods for creating standards. So we moved to using GitHub a few years ago for doing our standards um, specification development. And by doing that, you're actually able to then open the documentation out to the developer community much earlier um, in the process of getting your standard going. And so you find then these great developers out there who start building stuff using the standard. And then they test it a bit. And then they're able to feed back and go, well, actually, you know how you wrote it like this? Well, that's never going to work. We kind of understand that to build a really great standard for exchanging data or to share data, you've got to build stuff. You know, you've actually got to build a system. You've got to check that it works.
0: What about getting people to adopt the standard and making sure people know it's there? Matt Woodhill leads work on UK city standards at Future Cities Catapult.
5: So how do you actually enable something that is not mandated in any kind of legislation to actually become adopted? And there's a tendency there to say, well, we've, we've created the standard, now we're going to step back and let the people come. I haven't seen that really take off yet. So from that perspective, I think there needs to be A significant investment in kind of marketing and PR and support for adoption and implementation.
0: Building on this, making sure people understand the benefits that adopting standards can bring is important. Here's Tim McGar again.
2: I think if you sort of talk to organisations about the fact that standards will help them develop innovative products, it will help them, um, particularly for smaller firms competing with large companies. It will help them interoperate, which then you know, reduce costs, make things quicker, increase its quality. Those are the kind of things that I think lead to sort of better outcomes rather than pushing people into using standards.
0: But how do you help people to use standards, particularly if they aren't very technical? Rachel Rank is an expert in supporting
1: international aid and charity donors to understand and adopt open standards. So really, show, show don't tell is, is my big piece of information. And give them guidelines, give them a help desk or a person, a human that they can speak to in their own language who gets who they are and what they do and understands them and listens and, it, and also is willing to learn. I think actually for that person who's got to sit and open up that data and press you know, the go button, it can be a bit nerve wracking. Give them some guidelines, a bit like, a bit like Delia Smith and her cookbook, when she kind of says, look, you know, if it's going wrong, this could be why. Add some thickener, add some milk, add some cream. I actually think Delia is like the queen of that when it comes to cookery tips. We need that for standards. Don't panic. This is why it's not coming up properly. And by the way, these three other people have had that as well, and this is what they did. This is what they learned. What is the future for open standards? Here's Tim Davies
0: again on what we can expect to see in the coming years.
5: I think we're seeing a real growth in engagement with standardisation, and that's really positive. I think some of that's coming from a fairly narrow technical idea that this is all about just making some data interoperable. And so in our work, we think much more about the projects we're working on as supporting mass collaboration. And I think that helps us bring in a much wider range of actors, a much wider range of approaches than the maybe technical standardization uh, on its own does.
0: You've been listening to a special Open Standards edition of the ODI podcast. Thanks to all who took part. You can listen to extended interviews with all our guests and explore a standards guidebook at standards.theodi.org.